0: The number 171. Lots to talk about today and lots to celebrate. So let's go. That was This Is Hardcore by Pulp bringing us in today's episode of The There's a lot to talk about here. The Dune trailer is out. I know everybody wants me to weigh in on that. Um, We are... We have kicked off the Chromega mega and Sen 5 fundraiser. And, to nobody's surprise, within 23 hours, we funded the first milestone. Um, i got a couple uh, fan questions as well I'm going to get to. So there's a lot to talk about. And I'm excited. I'm energized. I'm a little also simultaneously exhausted from this fundraiser. Because it is an all-consuming thing. I think about it... Every second I'm awake, I'm constantly checking, I'm constantly hitting refresh, constantly lobbying people to uh, join this fun little cause. And, uh, you know, it sort of leaves you in both states at the same time. You become the Schrodinger's cat of, uh, you know, crowdfunding campaign, as it were. So to recap, we launched on Labor Day at 9 p.m. in a live stream. Now, patrons got a little heads up that uh, this was coming um, I don't think it was a great surprise to anybody that tuned in the live stream but we we didn't sort of, sort of formally announce it as a fundraising campaign the live stream was a hell of a lot of fun you know, Nikki and I don't get to get together very often obviously we don't get to get together in person at all anymore um, and uh, you feel a little bit of that toy pizza magic when we're kind of in the same conversation. And uh, it was a great audience. I think we had 90 people. I think it got up to 100 people at one point, which is insane for us. You know, we're really a tiny fish in a big pond of streamers and and things like that. But um, that was a lot of fun. And uh, there was a genuine sort of synergy and excitement going on with uh, that live stream. And we managed to really stack up a lot of ducats. Um, I think when I went to bed it was at $8,000 with the first goal being $10,000 and that unlocks SEND 5. When I woke up in the morning we had funded. So that was a great thing to sort of wake up for. uh, Wake up to. Um, I feel extremely, extremely proud of this campaign. I thought that we would do $2,000 in the first day. And then it would take about a week to get to the $10,000 mark. And you guys proved me wrong. And uh, I thank you for that. It's been really exceptional. Another thing that's very interesting is I didn't really think anybody would go for the $1,000 design a figure slot. Um, Although people in the comments, patrons, had sort of encouraged me to add more of them. I was originally going to have one slot. Uh, Due to feedback, I added four. I really didn't think anyone would go for it. You know, it is a high ticket price. And with that, I also had apprehension. Um, You know, you never know what you're going to get when you collaborate with somebody. And you certainly don't know what you're going to get when you don't know who that person you're going to collaborate with is. But to my surprise and to the benefit of the uh, campaign, all four of those slots went right away. And uh, I even had people reach out requesting a fifth and sixth slot to be added. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do that. Um, I will keep those people as alternates. But I I think we, I think four is a lot to deal with anyway. So I'm going to see how this plays out. There's a lot of other variables that go into this design of figure um, offer. One is we don't currently know if they can design for Just Send 5 or for Chrome Mega. Crow Mega gets unlocked. You know these people can opt to pick one of the other character. And uh, as of right now, I don't know. It's tough to say. I think we did. We had a fantastic first day. We're on a very good trajectory, Uh, but we are getting to the slog of a campaign. You know, everything in between your first twenty four hours and your final forty eight to twenty four hours is the slog it's it's the uphill battle it's the one to two backers a day from this point out and um that's just you know that's part of the game we play so i think my best guess is um i think you know obviously sen5 happening i'm in the final stages of finalizing that 3d file which is going to go to china right away I'm pretty damn sure we're going to get his accessory set, which is at $1,500. Uh, we are only a stone's throw away from that, as of right now. And I think, I'm pretty confident, we can hit 20000 and unlock Crow Mega. The big question to me is, will we get to twenty-five and unlock all of his accessories? Uh, and then, of course, there is a wild card slot at 30000 which could be anything, I'm not saying just yet. And whether or not I reveal what that $30,000 figure is really depends on how far I think this will go and if I wanna juice some excitement into the campaign or if I'm content to just let it roll out with one figure or maybe two figures. So a lot of the path in front of us is not yet laid down and we're gonna discover it together and it's gonna be very exciting. But uh, I'm tickled pink that we get to do Sen Uh, I have already received from those design-a-figure slots um, a lot of great concepts, a lot of ideas. One person is dedicated to bringing back a very famous style that I've never rerun. Uh, They want to use that color pattern and make it so. I think that's a great idea, I think that's a great fan service, so I'm cool with that. Uh, Other people are designing a mix of both homages and their own creations. And I think we're going to have really, really interesting colorways. And so far, this has been a really great experience for me. I like collaborating with these people. Everybody's been very nice. And, you know, they're genuinely excited about a chance to design a toy, which, you know, is not not something easy that uh, can be said for everybody. Um, so I'm happy with the experience. I'm really thrilled with everybody's sort of effort combined here. And um, that brings me to my next point, which is a little assignment. A a secret mission I'm going to give each and every one of you, should you choose to accept it. So here's your mission, should you choose to accept it. I'm putting a bounty out. And here's what you got to do to collect this bounty. You have to convince one friend, one family member, one indentured servant, I don't care who it is. You have to convince them to back this campaign. Maybe you got a friend who collects Funko Pops, has not yet taken the jump to Knights of the Slice. Um, Maybe you got friends that are Marvel Marvel Legends people. And you may be... ...have bragged or shown them your Knights of the Slice... ...and you think they're on the fence. You think you could convince them. For everybody that gets a complete stranger... ...to me, anyway. You know, somebody who's not already a customer. Whoever gets a friend of theirs to sign up for this campaign... ...and it's verified, I'll send you a little gift. Now, maybe I'll pull from my uh, archives... ...old, out-of-stock styles. Maybe I'll build you a little Franken-slice. It'll be some sort of surprise. It'll be very nice. But... We have to verify that they backed it. You have to send me an email and say, hey, this is uh, my friend's name, and they've confirmed to me that they've backed the campaign. And everybody who, uh, who does this, who brings another member into our fold, will get a nice little thank you from me. And if you're not in a position to do that, if you have no friends since birth, uh, which I totally understand, humans are not that great, highly overrated in terms of companionship, much prefer pets if that's the case then just uh reblog our campaign share the link take a piece of the art that has been uh you know on the campaign page that you like a lot and put it up on instagram and include the link and let people know and for that you won't get a prize but you will get my thanks and by that i mean i'm not going to thank you uh in the future i will thank you now ahead of time before you do it so thank you so that is the mission I'm, I'm giving all of you if you can pull this off if i even get half a dozen people to do this it would be fantastic and it will really help give us uh you know even more of a customer uh, base which would be fantastic i do think that these uh these little fundraisers are the future for us the question is do they become one character fundraisers or did they become two character fundraisers and beyond. And I think that the next two weeks or so are gonna show us what the right path is. But um, i very, very encouraged by being able to unlock a new sculpt within 24 hours. And that could lead to us doing this you know, in a with a quicker turnaround. Just, I could come up with an idea for a figure. I could do all the marketing and control art. I could show it to you guys. And we can democratize the process. If it gets enough orders, I'll make the figure. That would be a really, really cool avenue for us to go down in the future. So help spread the word. Help pull in more people by any way you see fit. And then email me. Let me know their name and, you know, what they signed up for. And once it's verified, I'll put aside a little special something for you. Okay, so Dune. Everybody's been texting me. They want me to weigh in on this. The Dune trailer's finally been revealed. Um, let me start by saying that there's no way I'm missing this movie. I mean, I may not go to the theater to see this movie. I think there's a very real question if it's going to be delayed again, if they're going to move it to VOD, what they're going to look at. It doesn't appear that Tenet, um made enough money to sort of keep on the path of holding movies in the U.S. for theatrical in hopes of saving the movie theaters and that first revenue stream from a film. Um, It seems like people were smart and stayed home and, uh, you know, did not go. I think it had a $20 million draw, although it has had $150 million worldwide. Uh, I guarantee you this is a $300 million film, if not uh, more than that with marketing and everything else. So it'll be interesting to see how the rollout of Dune happens, but I I won't miss it. I may not go to the theater um, if that's the only option, but uh, I'm very excited for this film, and I trust the filmmaker a lot. I think the trailer was exciting in the right ways, um, but the more I think about it, the more I don't think that was a very good trailer and the thing that struck me is that it it felt like a young adult novel film adaptation in i guess in its choice of scenes and characters the the trailer is very very heavy about paul and chani and that's not to say that that is not an important relationship um but really Paul in the first book and this movie from my understanding is only one half of the first book which I think is a smart way to do it you absolutely should split the first book of Dune into two films, no question there Um, Paul is I don't want to say he's of no consequence to the first book but he is sort of in a stunted position because he is not yet who he becomes and I don't think it's disingenuous to sort of overstate the importance of Paul and Chani, but I do think it was very, very intentional from a marketing perspective to put them front and center. I mean, I I also don't blame the people that cut this trailer and made these decisions, because I think um, wanting to go for as wide of an audience as possible is going to be super important to this film, especially in this time frame when, you know, theaters are probably going to go extinct and movie studios are really missing out on that revenue for these big, expensive films. So I understand that. But it it does feel a bit young adult, and they do really play up the heartthrob, uh, you know, Timothy that they have and Zendaya. And uh, it felt almost a little bit like CW drama, um in some respects. Ultimately, I'm okay with that because I I do want the film to do really well. Part of me also thinks that it might be a reaction to Blade Runner 2049 and the reception that that film had, which is by the same director. I'm sure you guys know that. Um, That film and its marketing was really made for a very small scope of people. And that's why I think it's actually a great film, because it's not trying to be everything to everyone it was marketed appropriately this is a dark adult sci-fi movie and uh, you know I I I do think in some respects Blade Runner 2049 may be the last film big budget you know adult sci-fi film that could possibly get made Um, the film did okay for them but it, it was not you know it did not do a big enough amount of money to you know merit another film sequel I know there's been talks of tv spin-off and things like that but nothing's materialized um Blade Runner 2049 was not the hit they needed it to be no question there but it was a you know an Arturo's film this was a largely untampered with vision uh of Denis Villeneuve, and it, I think it's a fantastic movie, and it could be one of, if not my favorite movie of all time. Um, now, with Dune, I think that they, they realized that making Blade Runner to just that tiny audience of roughly people like me, guys my age, uh, with an obsession for, you know, dark sci-fi and, and things like that, um, I think they know that You know they may the studio may view it as a mistake and they may want this to really you know work hard to attract a new audience and they may do that you know i know my nieces are obsessed with uh timothy and uh you know they all want to be zendaya and maybe playing up that angle is enough to bring dune another uh younger fresher audience now the problem is that Dune, even in comparison to Blade Runner, is an extremely, extremely weird, twisted, religious, um, grotesque property, and that's what was kind of missing from the trailer for me. Is that th- there? It is a very twisted worldview, and maybe they're saving that. You know, this trailer may be focused on the Atreides. And they may have another trailer cut focusing on the Harkonnen, which would play up some of the more weirder and abject and terrifying aspects of the film. Um, That is not an unlikely sort of marketing rollout uh, plan, for sure. Part of me was hoping that um, this new film would just completely forget about the Shields. And based on what I saw, I actually think the Lynch film had a much more interesting visual take on how the uh, shield generators work in the world of Dune. Um, For those who don't know, almost everybody has a shield, and uh, because of that, guns and projectiles are not really used that much. So people do rely on melee weapons and and hand-to-hand combat. A blade can sort of pierce through um, shields in that universe. Now, of course, on the planet of Arrakis, the shields attract the worm, so nobody uses shields there. So I always felt like, as a plot device, uh, shields actually serve no purpose, because they're sort of, they're utilized early on, uh, and then discarded, and I don't think, they, they never came back up in any of the books I read. I, I have not read all the Dune books, I think I got to God Emperor. Um, but I don't believe shields come back up. So it always seemed like such a superfluous detail that um, really wasn't needed. And the shields are sort of front and center in this trailer. It looks like a competent depiction of them. It doesn't look particularly surprising or particularly cool. You know, it sort of makes sense with everything. Um, But, you know, Dune is so... There's so many little details like that that... Are interesting in world building, but ultimately don't serve anything. And that's part of the reason why it's so hard to adapt. And, uh, you know, because you have so much ground to cover in limited space. And even something like the sci fi series, which I haven't watched all of, um, you know, even with a mini series, it's hard to adapt just how dense and detail oriented that book is. So for me, uh, you know, I think they probably could have saved some real estate by skipping over the shields. But uh, I understand why they kept it in. It is sort of a piece of technology that helps differentiate the universe from, uh, you know, other sci-fi pieces and, and visually add something to the language. So I think um, I'm okay with that. I'm guessing that the Sardaukar are these uh, armored guys in white that sort of float down from you know, wherever. Um, I don't know if I like that. Initially, I, I'm, I'm not sort of enthused by it. Now, granted, this is a trailer... Seeing things in in full motion on the big screen tend to make you feel very differently than how things look in a trailer. Um, so I'm, you know, totally prepared to have an open mind. Uh, very odd choice to have this out of car in white because I think that... Um, I think they're explicitly called out as being in black and in leather in the book. I could be mistaken about that. But also the Yardovsky version of the Sardaukar, which I think Mobius designed, are fantastic. Really, truly one of the best character designs ever. Um, Lynch's Sardaukar are just sort of wearing black trash bags and look like hazmat troopers or something. Not really... Menacing at all, not a great um, distillation of the character, if you will. So, not sure how I feel about that, if those are indeed the Sardaukar, but, uh, you know, I'm willing to sort of check it out. Also, the the flying of that character looked very much like he's on wires, not (laughs) that there's anything graceful happening, but I'm guessing that's probably like a levitation belt, which I'm assuming Baron Harkonnen will be wearing as well. We also sort of got that big question answered in this trailer because uh, Stellan Skarsgård was cast as Baron Harkonnen, but is, you know, a relatively fit guy. Um, It does appear that he is wearing prosthetics and will be as rotund as the Baron Harkonnen we sort of know and, and love to hate and, you know, how we expect him to be. So I think that's good. As my good friend Josh pointed out, he... Uh, was very happy, or had changed his mind completely about Jason Momoa being cast as Duncan. And I agree 100%. I think that with Dune, almost every character is very dour. You know, it's a it's a bleak sort of universe. And instantly, even in the trailer, in the few seconds you get to see, Jason Momoa is adding a sort of energy, a levity, a, a just a different tone and feeling than what every other character... the somberness of every other character. Um, So I actually, uh, you know, I'm on board with that. I think that I I see it now. That's... It's a very good contrast. And if they do get to make some of the later books, he will be one of the breakout characters. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but... um, You know, Jason Momoa would theoretically have a very secure future in dune assuming they follow you know some of the future books and for me he does become probably my favorite character of the entire series um initially i was put off by the casting of jason momoa because i knew that the character in its future had all these big big meaty you know acting parts that they would have to do should they get that far which you know this first film hasn't come out so who knows but um I actually feel pretty damn confident about it now. And I think, um, I think he was the right choice for this. And I'm excited. So other than that, I, I have no strong opinions whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but look, to wrap up, no way I'm missing this. I think this is going to be a very important film. I would encourage everybody to read the book. I would encourage everybody to watch the Lynch film, if you can get through it. I don't think you need to see the sci-fi series. If you disagree with me, let me know in the comments. Uh... You know, normally I say, what a great time to be alive. (laughs) Um, It's certainly a challenging time to be alive, but I am happy that a filmmaker with the chops of, you know, Denny Villeneuve is taking something as important to me as Dune and doing it justice. So I'm very excited about that. Um, And uh, I hope you guys uh, are looking forward to it as well. I'm going to end today's episode with just a smattering of questions. Obviously, we had a lot to cover, so couldn't get into a full Q&A, but uh, I picked a couple questions from our Discord. By the way, we have a private Discord. If you want to join, you get access when you sign up for the Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash jessietestazio, one word. Uh, so let's start with Skywalking73, G.I. Joe Classified. What do you think so far about them? from design to being incredibly hard to find in the wild thoughts um so i have quite a few gi joe classifieds uh i feel about this line the same way i felt about the very first star wars black series figures that i bought i think the first one i got was han solo followed by boba fett and then Greedo. there is a great line here we're just not there yet I think that they're working the kinks out. They're figuring out how to do this. Um, I think that they're very solid figures. But if you look at, like, some of the the latest Star Wars Black Series, those are really fantastic figures. Like, um, even though it wasn't a very popular movie, uh, the solo figures they did for the the Black Series, really, really fantastic. I think they're still working the kinks out of this G.I. Joe line. I also think, I understand that you need to modernize the look of characters when you do a big relaunch like this, but, you know, part of me is kind of a purist. And I think that um, somebody like Super 7, if they had done an Ultimates line or had done a Sunbow focused line, which, hey, maybe that'll happen one day, that would be great. I I do think that it's really hard to design better versions of the Joes than they're initial incarnations because they were really... They were character designs from a moment in time that will never be again and can never be duplicated. And I think it's really hard to outdo them, you know? Um, So I understand that they have to add gadgets and gizmos and, you know, PDAs on the wristbands of these Joes and have a future tech look to their gear. But I think aesthetically, I prefer... Joe when it is sort of like post-Vietnam surplus uh, look. I think that that's like one of the strongest pieces of it. I very much hope I get a chuckles out of this line. That would that would just make my day if that happens. So fingers crossed for that. Uh, generally, I'm glad this line exists. Um, I, I hope that they continue to improve upon these with each release. Oh, maybe I'll get Budo as well. Can I get a Budo and Chuckles? Then I'll be very happy. Um, I know these are hard to find in the wild. Uh, I, I mean, really, I don't know what what is going on with retail and if it's ever going to be back to normal, honestly. like, From having China shut down all production at the beginning of this year to, you know, staff at these big box retailers literally dying... To the disruptions in the logistics and delivery. Like, who knows when this is gonna get solved, if it ever gets solved. You know, this could be a major paradigm shift for toy lines and how they're distributed and and things like that. Moving along to Wonder Waffle, what are my thoughts on build a figure, such as in Marvel Legends? Am I a big fan of them? Do I think this method will be a thing that won't go away anytime soon? So, um, Build-A-Figures are really interesting. And actually, uh, Dan at Toy Galaxy did an investigative report on this. He um, he touched base with me, uh, and I put him in touch with Jesse Falcon, at, uh, formerly of Marvel Legends and Marvel and now at Disney. Um, Jesse Falcon is really credited as the guy who brought the Build-A-Figure formula to the U.S. market, and... Um, after being inspired by Japanese uh, build-a-figures, I think we, uh, the three of us, had sort of talked, and um, it felt like Devil Man or Moby Dick, Resident Evil figures were the first to do a build-a-figure. We think that that was sort of the, the, um, you know, patient zero for this trend, and we do have to credit Falcon for incorporating this. The idea with the build-a-figure was. It's a way to get people to buy every single figure in a wave, which is fantastic because there was always a peg warmer, right? This is insurance to make sure your sell-through rate stays up and uh, you don't have a single figure hanging out on the pegs preventing reorders, which will be the death of the line. Um, I do think it's going to reach a stress point soon because you know, profitability is always going to be first and foremost on the mind of these companies. And... While the sell-through is important, somebody's going to do the math and say, well, if we lose these big extra plastic pieces and we just sell a Marvel Legends by itself, like we're doing with Star Wars Black Series, we're going to make this much more, you know, 30 more cents per unit. So eventually they will have to make that math and they will probably cut Build-A-Figures unless there is more benefit to the sell-through rate. I think those are the two... um, objectives in conflict in this era uh i do think it will go away at some point i'm not a a huge fan of them because i have a drawer full of individual pieces from build a figure characters i will never complete um i'm not i don't collect six inch that much that much so um I don't know, you know, I don't know that I've ever bought an entire wave just to get the build a figure, although I've been very tempted with Guido Strong Guy. Because I think Italian representation in toys is very important. Um, so I, you know, it's not for me. I know people really like them. Uh, I do think that they will probably be phased out in the future, and you will end up getting less for your money with things like Marvel Legends. Moving on to the last question from Thomas Chonte. School's back in session. Any teachers or mentors in the early years that inspired and motivated your work? What keeps you going when there isn't any motivation slash encouragement around you? These are really good questions. Um, so I think the first teacher I had was uh, Mr. Richter. I think me and Josh were in the same class. Our teacher. Um, kind of like a very cosmopolitan guy for, you know, the, the kind of small town that we grew up in in Connecticut Um, he was the first teacher who let me sort of go off in a corner and just work on the projects I wanted to which has never happened to me before and this was probably eh, probably sophomore year maybe junior year Um, and being able to avoid just typical class assignments and given this free time to sort of explore any any artistic project was really transformational to me. And I also uh, was able to spend a lot of time in this class learning Photoshop for the first time. Now, I had had a ancient Macintosh with Mac Paint or whatever it was. So I was somewhat familiar with the process of, you know, using a mouse uh, and the basic layout of Mac Paint, which would then become... You know very similar layout to photoshop so getting photoshop in my blood so very early has paid dividends for me you know there have been many times in my life when uh just being able to photoshop doing photo editing you know along with copywriting for other people and other brands have have been a lifeline for me so i i think that you know mr richter shout out to you uh that was really hugely important and uh you know one of those teachers that really um really inspired me and helped me be motivated i also encountered my first piece of censorship <laughs> um i built this in this huge diorama out of clay of our good friend cray drake chained to a tree surrounded by a, a corpse in armor and all these like medieval characters and it was this huge interlocking Uh, sculpture and it was going to be on display at an art show and they made me take the skeleton corpse out of it (laughs) and uh, I remember I I made a little sign that said fight censorship and put it in the display Um, I said like you know the the faculty made me take this piece down fight censorship or something like that So um, clearly I've been uh, misunderstood since a, a very early age regarding what keeps me going when there isn't motivation or encouragement around which i think we're all dealing with now right because uh in some respects there's a there's a very social aspect to motivation and encouragement uh for me it was hosting life drawing classes here attending uh club draw at this great uh bar nearby going to life drawing classes at you know A place nearby like uh, in the local art store all those things were very social active things that no longer exist and won't for some time Uh, so there certainly has been a challenge for motivation and encouragement for me Um, I don't know what has taken the space of those things for me but I do know what has been a detractor a further detractor of my creativity and that is screen time And I encourage everybody to really limit your screen time. Be thoughtful about how much you're on your phone and on your laptops. Don't bring these devices into your bedroom. If you can avoid it, uh, take up reading at night, take up drawing in a sketchbook, reading a comic book, doing something tactile. Make sure you are carving out time throughout the day to not be on your screen because, um, you know, Now, granted, some people work on their screen. Some people use, you know, tablets to draw and things like that. It doesn't matter. You still got to get off-screen time because it can be very detrimental, I believe. The other thing that that has kept me motivated and encouraged is uh, what I call cave time, which is in my calendar for every day from 12 to 1. And what I do is I go into a different room that I'm in. I have a sketchbook or notebook in every single room and a pen. And without my screens, I just sit down. I write the date. I used to write what day of quarantine it was, but I've lost count at this point, as I'm sure all of you have. And then I just simply start listing off what's happening today, what packages arrived, what samples I'm waiting on, where my, my projects in China are at how I'm feeling, what the weather is like, all the mundane stuff, to-dos, and I just try to fill up a page. Sometimes that veers into story ideas or inspiration. Sometimes not. Sometimes it's just very cut and dry and boring, and I can't wait to be over with it. But um, it is a very grounding process for me. If you're a creative type, I think that putting pen to paper, even without a purpose, is super important you know it just keeps that muscle moving um so i I, you know i wish i had sort of a, a golden bullet or or something that i thought solved these challenges particularly these challenges that are so acute in this very uh rough chapter of our lives right now and i don't but i do think that these very boring very structured things that i do seem to have a positive effect on me and if you guys can use that and it has a positive effect on you then uh all the better so thank you for those questions i think that was a very nice uh palette cleanser i'm out of stuff to say uh i thank you guys profoundly for the performance on this fundraiser i'm very excited um i don't know when we're gonna get send five i i assume 2021 but uh i am very near sending the file over to hong kong for them to start digesting there is the question of course of how many accessories we're going to do so i leave that up to you guys continue to share the campaign post your designs i love seeing the designs you guys are coming up with can't promise i'm going to make them but you know they get me very hyped and um let's see how high we can go with this i think it's going to be a lot of fun And with that, the only thing left to say is pizza out.